You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie, and this episode is hosted by Ryan. This guest really doesn't need an introduction, but For the sake of formality, I'm going to give you one anyway. We are pleased to present to you in this standalone episode, actor Yvonne Origi. Yvonne Origi is a Nigerian-American Emmy-nominated actor, comedian, and writer who continues to display her versatility and passion with each project she takes on. On TV, she stars in HBO's critically acclaimed comedy series, Insecure. Also, a distinguished stand-up comedian, Yvonne previously opened up for Chris Rock on various stops of his Total Blackout tour and headlined her first comedy tour, Lagos to Laurel, at the top of 2020. She subsequently debuted her first one-hour HBO stand-up special, Mama, I Made It, in June of 2020. And earlier this year, Orgy released her first faith-based advice book, Bamboozled by Jesus, How God Tricked Me into the Life of My Dreams, and can currently be seen in the Hulu film Vacation Friends alongside Lil Rel and John Cena. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this incredible episode featuring actor Yvonne Orji and hosted by Ryan here on the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. And one last note, we cannot forget the final season of Insecure premieres on October 24th. Welcome to the Black Girl Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And have you thought about lately your path to getting to wherever you are right now, whether it's your career or relationship? I mean, can we still talk to ourselves in the mirror because it's the last season of Insecure? I mean, you know, the answer to all these questions might be that you were bamboozled by Jesus, but you don't have to take my word for it. Okay, because I am joined by the expert today, the author of Bamboozled by Jesus. She's also a comedian and actress, Yvonne Orgy. Hey, Yvonne, how you doing? How you doing, boo? I love that setup. It took it took so many turns, and I wasn't mad at either one of the turns. I'm, I'm Look, here for them. I had to practice because let me tell you, I am such a fan of yours, and I only practice saying this five times because <laughs> I checked out. I checked out Vacation Friends on a Monday when it was just not right, like the day wasn't just not going right, and I was laughing my butt off. Can you tell us, like, really quickly, like, how did you get into that? And, like, I'm so excited. Like, I hope you continue to do these, like, rom-coms or these comedies because it was so much fun. Uh, well, thank you so much. We, I, I, we're so excited about the response. And I, just like you, somebody was like, my day was crap. And I'm so grateful that I watched Vacation Friends because it had me laughing. I feel better. And I was like, look at, look at, look at what God and comedy do. Look at, look at, look at the Lord. <laughs> Just, it started off, the devil tried it. 
but now he good. Um, so yeah, no, uh, it was great. I had auditioned for it and Rel was already, you know, one of the leads. And, you know, obviously any insecure fan knows that we we played off of each other um in the earlier seasons. He was Quentin, obviously I'm Molly, and Rel and I have known each other from the comedy world. So we already have like a shorthand. And so doing the movie, it was like I got to play, you know, it's like you get to work with your friend. It was like yeah. that's what this is. It's like it's got to be good because we know each other. We we got to like create chemistry. It's it's there. We can we can find the funny. Look, you can tell too. Like, was there were there any um, instances for Marcus and Emily where you were like surprised? Because I know my mouth was open sometimes. I was like, "What?" Like, were you surprised at some of the scenes or situations the characters were put in? And like, I don't even know how you guys kept straight faces like doing the scenes. Well, definitely that uh, that scene on the beach where they had to like shoot the bottle of the head. That was one of those. What the actual? What's going on? And I, I was about to ask you about that. That was insane. I was like, no, he is not walking with the whole head wrap. Like, it's just nothing. Like, he just got a little scratch. Yeah. Well, it was funny because, you know, I, I don't know if you watch a lot of Nigerian movies, but for me, I watch I watch a few Nollywood movies. And that scene, in my mind, I'm like, this is the most Nollywood film uh, <laughs> section ever because it's just like, and it's like, why, why is his whole head in a band-aid? Like, my brother, I don't know what happened, but I can't see. He's <laughs> like, wait, he didn't shoot your eye. Yeah, no, it's just like, yo, the bullet grazed him, but his whole head is bleeding. That that was hysterical to me. Can I just say when you bring in when you bring in the Nigerian accent, like go deep with it, it is just so much fun to see that change up. Like I I just I really just want you to do like that in the in the film. We just need more of that. <laughs> Uh, there has been no film role that has asked me to just randomly throw it in my Nigerian accent, but you know, still to come, still to come. Yeah, I'm about to say, can we put it out there? Because that would be hilarious. Like, I just love it. Like, in your stand-ups, you never expected to come in, and it's just always, like, perfect timing every time. Well, yeah, I mean, my parents made sure that, you know, we were able to go back to Nigeria, even though we had been in America for a long time. They were like, when you get back here, we want you to feel like this is home. And mm-hmm. so um, I used to go, I, you know, I would go home every year and I quickly realized like, oh no, they don't take advantage of you if you can speak the language or at least master the accent. So I had to, I had to adapt quickly because what you're not going to do is uh, screw me up at the market. <laughs> oh yeah. We already know. Yeah. We already know. Yeah. Sometimes you got to change it up on people. You know, they can't be ready. They can't be ready for it all the time. So we already know you gotta, you gotta <laughs> keep the mix going. Keep All right, so look, okay, look, I got to get into this because they will eat me up if I put this podcast out and I didn't ask nothing about Insecure and this is the final season and everybody crying. Y'all put out the the, um, the video with the sweatshirts on and everything, still had us crying. We were like, oh my God, what are we going to talk about with all our girlfriends? What are we going to gossip about after this fifth season? Like, what was the first thought in your mind when you found out it was the last season? Well, we kind of knew the end was coming. We did. We we knew it was coming, but you know, we were like, okay, we still got a couple more seasons. We don't have to worry about that right now. And when you know, obviously, COVID hit, we we're like, yo, this is how we going out. This is the trash. Like, you know, because it was very difficult to film, and you know, we had sometimes we had three different units filming. So it was like, dang, where's you know, so and so cast member? Oh, they're on another unit, or where's so and so? It's like ah, you know, they're in a different whatever. So it was like. It wasn't like we got the gang back, like, you know, we we, we would have hoped. And so that's why, like, when we were rapping, it was, like, emotional because we all made sure to come to each other's rap. And so, you know, we rapped uh, Amanda first and then Natasha and then Jay, myself, and Issa. 
And so it was kind of like, all right, they happened at 2 a.m. I'll meet you at the house and we'll drive together. All right, cool, boom. And so it, because we were a family, we were like, no, we, we started this joint together. We're going to end this joint together. And so that's where you saw those emotions. Those emotions were real and raw because we were like, yo, an era is really ending. And we, I like you guys. <laughs> like We like each other. Right. And it's so cool. Like you could tell you guys are family and you guys pulled us into family. That's why y'all get so many opinions that y'all probably like and don't like uh, because everybody gets so into the characters. Like, okay, so my sister, my friends, everybody looked at me like I was crazy because when the when the, you know, the friction and stuff happened between Molly and Issa, I was the only one like I didn't see it coming. I was just like not I was just not having fun. I was like, y'all were some of my favorite scenes to watch you know, for each season, like to see what you guys are going to get into and to have that separation, you know, for this past season. But everybody was always like, okay, well, I can see it in Molly. I know what's coming. Did you know that about Molly? And what's your favorite part about playing Molly? Well, first of all, first of all, I don't like people acting like Molly's a trash friend or she's been a trash friend or whatever it was. Because she, go, run the tape back. Let's go back to season one. Let's see Molly dropping Issa off at, you know, at the crib. That's what know, I'm saying. Running interference when Daniel was there. I, I I want them to do a recap of all the ways Molly was actually a bomb friend. That's all I'm trying to say. But it's cool. People have short-term amnesia and that's fine. I'm going to let them have it. It is what it is. I understand how Black Twitter functions. God bless y'all. However, you know, I think, you know, Molly's still from the hood. Don't let the, don't let the long hair and the suits fool you. She's still from the hood. And you know, if she if you come to her sideways, she gonna come at you straight on. And I think in that moment, she was like, "Yo, I said what I said. I'm trying to put out boundaries, and you acting like my joints don't matter." So like, all right, well let's let's go then if that's what it is. Because don't disrespect me. Don't do that. Don't let's not do that. And I think I don't see what it is is two people who really needed to have a conversation early when the jabs were mm-hmm. starting to take um, kind of root personally. And I, for me, I'm like, yo, I'm a straight shooter, like in my real life. So I, I, I could see where I'm like, yo, this, if they don't nip this in the bud, it's only going to get worse. And, you know, the friends kind of didn't do what you would expect. They're just like, hey, y'all are both talking to us. Y'all need to be talking to each other. Here's what so-and-so said to me. Here's what so-and-so said to me. I feel like y'all should come together and figure this out. All right, break. We're going to be outside, figure it out. And, you know, let's get back to Kumbaya. But I think, you know, everyone kind of was just like kind of walking that eggshell of like, well, let them do their thing. You know, they're grown. We don't want to get in the middle of it. And then it kind of erupted. And, uh, you know, we got what we got. <laughs> right. And I'm so let, let me just say, I'm so glad because I know y'all got those like ironclad contracts, you know, for like five years now. Y'all probably been working on these contracts. So I'm just going to put it out there. I'm very excited to see that restaurant scene. And, you know, and that asking that question, are we still friends? So I'm keeping hope alive. I can't wait for the fifth season. I want to see how it's going down. Oh, uh, you know, it, it goes down in the fifth season for sure. I and mean, that's all the one we had left. So we had to, we had to figure it out. All right. Speaking of figuring it out, I feel like you just gave us the recipe for life and bamboos about Jesus because <laughs> it was so many twists and turns. Like I found myself just picking up, reading certain chapters, going back, I'm like, did I take enough notes? But so the first question I want to ask you is how was it going around being able to deliver like copies or like the cool little packages you were giving out and everything? How was that? Well, that was a God moment because I want to, I'm going to be real honest. This is black girl nerd exclusive. Ever since I saw the Breathe Again video 
from Fabulous, like, yes, 92,000. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I want a Bentley Continental GT. Like, he made me believe that that drove was fire. And I was like, what is that car? And, you know, I was broke. <laughs> and I was, at that time, I was, like, in school. Then I went to grad school. And, you know, I don't know too many public health professionals driving a Bentley Continental GT. So I was like, I don't know when I'm going to have it. I'm gonna ever have that car, but I'm like, that's the dream car. Right. It went from a remember the Eddie Bauer, the Nautica Eddie Bauer mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. truck. It was yep, that, yep. then it was the, the Lincoln Navigator, and then it was the, you know, Bentley. And so uh during like a marketing meeting, uh one of the the women who uh April uh McDaniel, who is amazing, she owns an event company, Crown and Conquer, and she was just like, It would be dope if you delivered boxes to like some of your celebrity friends. And I was like, yo, what would be dope is if I delivered them in a Bentley, because I like alliteration, bamboozled by Jesus in a Bentley. Like I like alliteration. <laughs> and so she was like, I mean, yeah, cool. How you gonna Bentley? So I hit up my agents and I was like, yo, y'all know any Bentley dealership connections? And she was like, um, I mean, not off the top of my head, but I can send a message. And she did. And she was like, yo, this has never happened. Like, I sent a message. I don't even know this person. The fact that the email didn't go into my spam is ridiculous. And they're able to give you a Bentley for the weekend. And I was like, what? Like, it was one of those things. Like, you you out here just really, you really bamboozling me right now? Okay, cool. And before my book came out, I was like, you know, we were shooting season five. So I didn't have the bandwidth to do what a lot of authors do. Um, which is like to go on all the podcasts to to really drive um, a full on press because I'm like insecure is like this is great but we still need you to show up on set at five o'clock in the morning so right right you know what I mean and so I had to honor and respect that and so I I made a decision I was like you know what I just want to have fun I want to look back on this process and say you had fun doing a thing um, that was very important to you. And that was one of those moments where I was just like, hey, who's available on a Saturday for me to come <laughs> drop these boxes off? And, you know, got a chauffeur. It was it was amazing. It was it was everything I could have imagined it to be. Um, but it was one of those things where I was like, God, you out here still bamboozling me in this process. Yeah, well, you look really fly doing it. It was super cool. I was like, now that's, that's dope to be able to go take your book around and, you know, be able to show it off. You know, it's not just a little, a little small Instagram drop. You guys should show it off. So that's cool. So, all right, I want to ask you about this. One thing that I identify with is you talking about being a people pleaser. And then I like how that kind of parlayed into you finding out the right career path for yourself. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's funny that you you said earlier about the book, like, do I need, did I take enough notes? I was like, she really acted like she was in class. That is hysterical to me. I just have to, I just have to say that. No, this is no joke. Um, like y'all need to pick up this book and take notes. Like no joke, like for real, because like being legit, it's like, no, it's things you don't even think about that you don't pay attention to. Well, I mean, for me, I mean, I will say part of the reason I wrote the book is because, yo, when you see people who made it and you're just like, yo, what was that like when like the struggle was real? Like what was right. that like? And they'd be like, you know, man, we started from the bottom, but we're here now, fam. And it's like, no, I, I understand. Um, my question is, what was that like when you were at the bottom? Exactly. And we here, though. We made it. Ninja. Like, you just be like, yo, why, why is nobody trying to keep a thousand with me? You know what I mean? And for me, I, I think a lot of times when people see 
you in your success. It's just like, they came out of nowhere. It's like, nah, nobody came out of nowhere, fam. <laughs> right, exactly. Where I came from, but it wasn't nowhere. And here's where nowhere was. And that was really the inception of writing a book. It's like, yo, it will get harder before it gets better. And I think we live in a generation where people just want it to be better all the time. And I, I by the way, I listen, I, I want to live in that world. But the reality is we do live in a world that sometimes like, yo, the grind and the hustle are so real. And even after you grind and hustle, things can still, you know, things can still not work out the exact way you envision. It don't mean that it's not working out. It just means right. that it's still developing. It's still cooking. It's like you, you turn the oven on to 375, but it tells you it got to cook for 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. But people be opening the oven at six minutes like, dang, it's not rising. It hasn't been 12 minutes yet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly, yep. Close the door. You let the heat out. Now it's really not going to rise. You know, so I think we do that in our lives so much. We're opening the oven at six minutes and being like, dang, but I, I did all the work. I put the ingredients in. I mixed in the milk. And I, you know, I stirred the egg when you told me to. It's not working. It's like, yes, it's not finished yet. And right. that season of it's not finished yet can be so frustrating when, you know, you do feel like you've done everything right. You do feel like you've been showing up. You do feel like you've been hustling and working. And it's like, yeah, yeah, give wait a while. And while you're waiting, here's what God told you to do at the same time. Or you know what? Maybe God in this season doesn't want you to hustle so hard. He actually just wants you to trust harder than you're actually working. And that sounds crazy for people who are doers. You know, you're just like, wait, what? What you mean? You're like, nah, 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 nah. Because I want to use my muscle. And God is like, you can use your muscle. But one hour favor is worth a lifetime of muscle from you. So if you could relax, you would get there faster. But all right, right. do it your way then. I hope that works out you know he's like when, when jesus steps out you don't you don't want jesus to be like all right cool well, try it your way then that's that's actually what you don't want him to hear <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is so true and i like like one of the areas you're talking about play your position a lot of people don't like you said you want to rush 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 and you're thinking okay i should be doing this but he's telling you he's giving you signs no you shouldn't be doing that um like you talked about being in the pageant you're like okay everything else is shutting you down and you were still like no that's not what you want me to do when he first told me to do comedy, I was like, I don't understand. That's not, that's not actually, we're not going to do that. (laughs) And a lot of day he was like, he basically hit the song before the song was a thing when he was like, I ain't going back and forth with you. I'm living my best life. And I was like, wait, what? Like he told me, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to do something. You're not going to say you trust me. But then when you hear me tell you to do something, you don't do it. Or you go back and forth with me as if I'm going to engage nah, either you're going to learn to trust me or you're not. And I say in the book, like that was God really drawing the land, a, a, a line in the sand and being like, yo, what kind of relationship you think we're going to have? Because it's not, I, 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 I'm okay with you asking questions. What I'm not okay with is every step of the way having to convince you that I'm God. We're not going to do that. And, right. and I was like, ooh, well, I mean, you ain't have to say it like that, but like I understand <laughs> I do understand what you mean. <laughs> like he be punking me, and I just be like, "Yo, who does he think we are?" Okay, what you like? What you not gonna do? I be hitting God with all the claps, and he's still like, "But please, daughter, calm yourself and do what I told you to do." And I be doing it. It's like that uh, that scene in Friday. He's like, you know, when Smokey come around, I don't be saying nothing. When he leaves, I will be talking again. That's that's basically me and Jesus. And I can hear the claps. Like, is there an audio book of this? Because I can hear like the claps of you saying this stuff as you're going through because you use so many funny references. Um, yes, and there just- is an audio book. And I do the audio book myself. So people, it's so funny because 
I get the DMs of people being like, yo, I just finished the audiobook and then I had to buy the uh, hardcover because I, I couldn't take no long, like fast enough on the audiobook, but I really enjoyed hearing your stories and you made it come alive. And we took a road trip and we finished the book by the time we got to our destination, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's hysterical because I am real amped and animated. Like, all right, well, how that gonna work? <laughs> like on the <laughs> like on the audiobook and people were like I didn't know he was talking about me or talking to Jesus I didn't know what was going on but like I appreciated it Look, so I, I did the reverse. I got the hardback, but now I'm going to go back and I want to hear the audio version because it was like, I could hear it in my head, listening to your standups. I could hear you like clapping back <laughs> and some of your reactions that you probably had <laughs> going through yeah. this. So y'all need to go check out Bamboos About Jesus right now. You need to go watch Vacation Friends um, on Hulu. Also, okay, so as we wrap here, um, Yvonne, I want to ask you, you said, this is Black Girl Nerds, and you mentioned that you rock with Superman out of all the out of superheroes. Can you tell us why? And then oh my, my other part is what is your superpower? Ooh, okay, yes. I love this question. Okay, yes. I, I'm writing the book about why Superman is like legit the superhero and I'm like, it makes sense. Because, okay, I'm gonna break, ooh, I'm, really, I'm about to nerd out right now. I'm like, I'm gonna break it down. Nerd it out, nerd it out. <laughs> I'm going to bring that because so Superman knew his superpower, but coming to Earth, Earth was his cover. So his mm -hmm. day, his day job at the Daily Planet, that's his cover. He couldn't be like, these emails is, is making me mad. These hoes sitting in the cubicle next to me is about to catch these hands because that's going to blow his cover because he's super. So it's right. like when you understand that you're super, you won't stoop down to the standards of mediocrity, which is high key Earth, right? So mm -hmm. when we understand that, like, no, we not we here, we're in it, but we not of it. And so it's like, yeah, we're we're sent from like the best of the best to be the best of the best. And so in the interim, we can't let like the rules and regulations and the and the and the way Earth functions to circumvent who we were always called to be. And sometimes that could be parental figures, that could be familial figures, that could be friends, that could be you know, whatever, something that happened to you in third grade. It's like all of this stuff, that's daily planet work, right? And so, but when yeah. it's time for Super to manifest, when, when it's time for Super to come up, he goes in that phone book and just like the S in the chest, are, it, it's there. He was covering the S up. And so I think right. a lot of people don't realize that there is an S on their chest. Like you don't need no costume. You don't need, you don't need no phone booth. Like it's there. And, but like so many things have come, come to us every day trying to tell us why we're not amazing. Why are we not bomb? If it's police killing black people, if it's if it's racism, if it's subtle racism, if it's lack of representation, if it's whatever it is, so many things try to come at us, try and tell us that we're not super. And I'm like, mm -mm, that's that's not it, because there's an S on this chest, and mm -hmm. I can't let, like I can't let just like Superman, I can't let the troubles of the Daily Planet, because you get sucked into the minutia of that. It's kind of like you know when you know you're better, and you're just like, man, I gotta send this. One more email, this passive aggressive email trying to tell them why I should. It's like, why are we doing that? Because that's energy that's going opposite of your superness. That's, right. that's, that's, that's not it. And so I say, you know, why I rock with this man like that is because like, yo, he knew who he was and he didn't, he didn't trip out. It was like all that stuff happened to him. But at the same time, it was like, when it's time for me to be my best, my best shows up. My best manifests. My, my best <laughs> is on my chest. So mm. that's why I rock with Superman. Ooh, I like that. I like that. And what's your superpower? I think I could guess it, but what's your superpower? Ooh, no, I want you to guess it. What, what you think it is? What you think it is? 
I think it's making people smile. I think it's laughter because I don't think you yeah. need to do it on purpose. So I think it just comes out. It just oozes out. My superpower is twofold. My superpower is my positivity. Like I definitely am, am that person that's like, I will find the positive. I left, I laugh to myself by myself very often. I just like, <laughs> that's too, did you see that? Oh, that was funny. <laughs> that's cool. I just like randomly. Um, but the, my other superpower is my ability to connect people. Um, I'm I'm super big if I meet you, I'm like, yo, there's somebody you should meet. Like, yes, like y'all have similar energy. Like, I don't know if there's anything there, but like y'all should meet. There might be something there. Y'all might need to start a business or something. Like, I'm super good at 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 doing that for sure. Um, and people and I and I walk away from it. Like, I'm not that person that's like, I well, I do something, I'd be like, I made y'all. How y'all having dinners without me? Like, I put this together. <laughs> like, what? Um <laughs> But oftentimes I leave, you know, I make the connection and just go about my business and come back and be like, wait, y'all going on a trip? Wait, y'all, y'all for real starting that business? Well, I want 10%. Now I need to start following the commission because I've connected way too many people who are now like doing dope stuff together or at least just in each other's lives in a real critical and pivotal way. Uh, so that that definitely is my superpower along with, you know, my positivity and making people well, look, I'm so glad I got to connect with you. And it's been so much fun talking with you. And I'm just, I'm excited for what you got coming next. And I can't wait to see the, I don't know, like vac- Vacation Friends Part 2, maybe an action comedy. I'm ready for it. Listen, all things are possible. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I've said it and I've said it before. Like, I want to be a superhero. I'm like, I don't know how we make that happen, but I'm going to put it, I know how to speak things into existence. And you heard it on Black, you know, Black Girl Nerds. I want to be a superhero. Hey, now that would be a fun superhero. I'll be there for that. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Eva. I appreciate Thank it. Yeah, so I would, yeah, like we need to work that out. We need to make that happen. <laughs> All right. You have a good one. All right. You too. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.